Guard Command signaling clear, sir. Maneuvering thrusters, Mr. Sullivan. Maneuvering thrusters. Hold station. Thrusters at station keeping, sir. Hello, Captains, and welcome to the Shipyard Supplemental with Al Rivera. How you doing, Al? Good morning, James. It's great to be back. Why don't we uh, start talking about Vesta a bit here? Let's get into some ships, because that's what we love, right? Sure, let's talk about ships. So I released a pretty detailed blog about the Vesta. It was a real challenge to make. The initial impression I hear from a lot of players are concerned about it being a little overpowered, but I think that is good if that is the initial impression, because I'm hoping that the impressions are that it's not as overpowered as it might appear. And it should feel sexy, it should feel exciting, it should feel like it can do a lot of things. Absolutely, and I think that's good though. I think that the first impressions coming out are a bit challenging always, because you're going to always have that group of people like, oh, you totally made a godship, and it's it's overpowered, and... The Klingons, oh my gosh, the Klingons. You know the Klingons are always like, you've just made every Klingon ship obsolete and it's worthless now. And, you know, you always hear those things and it's just a bit ridiculous. Because nobody really knows except those guys out testing the ship, whether it's overpowered or not. And I'm sure they give you guys feedback on whether or not it's just crushing everything or not. One of the things that players, when they see it, they think of it as one ship. And, you know, we are selling it as a bundle, but it's not one ship. It is three ships. But in order to get all those abilities, you've got to use up a lot of console slots, right? In order to get the Chronoton Quantum Shield, you know, you need to slot all three items to benefit from that. So it doesn't all come for free. There's a price to get all those benefits. And hopefully they'll be fun. They'll feel like the books. They'll make people feel like they're playing the Vesta, yet without feeling particularly too overpowered. The quantum field focus controller from the IP was part of the slipstream drive. It also had the ability to focus all of the ship's energy, the fate weapon and shield's energy, into deflector to either fire a sustained heavy phaser attack or do this epic shield bubble, which I believe they used to crush another ship with mm-hmm. um, in, in the books. So we're going to give that two abilities. So we decided to make the quantum shield part of the set and the focused phaser as the ability on that console. It's not quite like a lance. It's a very long sustained beam. I think it takes 12 seconds, so it does a lot of damage, but you do have to maintain the beam for a long time uh, on the target to get the full benefit, and it has a very narrow arc. It's not like the phaser lance where you can just click and just boom, you're just going to get the full damage. So Where is where is that one pulling its power from? Is it pulling from the auxiliary, or is it pulling from weapons and shields, like it says in the book? Well, in the book, it's transferring power from the weapons and shield towards the main deflector. Right. So so the weapon uses auxiliary power. The, the gameplay equivalent is that you basically have to transfer all your power from the weapons to your shields into auxiliary, right? Transfer, And then the weapon's damage is based on your auxiliary power. Gotcha. Okay, and that's what I was wondering. So it's an auxiliary power, like the cannons are. Yeah. So the ship is made to run really well in auxiliary power. So it does have the auxiliary cannon which are recently changed on triple to two accuracy mods and one damage mod instead of two damage and one accuracy. Nice. Um, I think we're going to restrict it to the multi-mission science vessels. It's not going to allow it to be used on any other, like say, an S. Right, because I can see people uh, running amok with that. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to restrict it. You know, It's designed just for this class, this line of ships. That might change. This is all part of the feedback that we're getting from Tribble, so we'll see how that plays out. I'm not going to update the stats on the blog until we get something, because it's going to change this week or so. 
So you got that. The fun one is the multi-dimensional graviton shields. Uh, in the book, they basically use that to reverse the pull of a wormhole. Uh, yeah, they were able to bounce out instead of get pulled into a, a wormhole. It's also part of their slipstream drive, but they were able to whatever reconfigure it somehow to make this graviton shield. So that really oozed with control resistance, right? So you can't be, you know, held by like a tractor beam or affected by slow powers or like a gravity well. So you can't be rooted or held or slowed or have your turn rate slowed while this is active. It's also, as a gravity shield, it's kind of like a mini repulsor beam. Anyone who gets too close is automatically pushed away with a repulsor. But the big thing about it is that it's basically a kinetic feedback pulse. So any kinetic damage that comes in is reflected back as a gravity pulse back towards the target. So if you're getting hit with torpedoes, it will reflect that damage back to your target. So it has a lot of functionality. It's a really good defense, especially if you're getting hit with multiple targets or uh, someone hitting you with a lot of uh, torpedoes or kinetic damage. That's a really good engineering type ability. The quantum field focus laser is a really good tactical ability. So we wanted something that was very science related. And so went with the fermion generator for that one, which is basically a PBAOE shield heal and hull heal. It maintains for, I don't remember how many seconds, uh, maybe maybe 15 seconds or something. I can't remember. That's really good for also, since the ship also has a runabout hangar bay, that you can also you know, keep your runabouts healed. So it's a little HOT, a little heal over time, shield heal over time while that's running. And then, of course, it's got the best slipstream in the game. If you have two pieces of the set, you get the better slipstream, which has the it's the fastest slipstream in the game. It's faster than, than even the advanced slipstream on the Odyssey. But it also has four times turn rate modifier while in slipstream. Wow. So that's Now, when you say fastest, that's we're running at what? Like warp 40, warp 25, yeah. I think. I think if I remember correctly, and I could be incorrect, I think it's somewhere between like 20 or 22 for regular slipstream. Advanced is about 23, 24, and I think quantum integrated is like 25 or 26. But the best part about it is the turn rate. So you have a really pretty solid turn rate while in slipstream. And then, of course, if you get the three-piece set, you get the quantum focus shield bubble. Now, this is the one. I mean, everybody, especially the Klingons, are like, oh, we're worthless now. This is the god ability here. So so tell us how this really works, because I... I don't think it's going to be like that, because it also says that your weapons are inactive while you're doing this. So it's a great way, yeah, you're invulnerable, you can protect yourself for as long as it lasts, so many seconds. But you also can't deal out any damage or anything, so, I mean, I think it's more of a throw it up, run away and heal thing, more than they're just going to fly around with this on and kill us. Yeah, I'm not going to accept any argument that this is particularly overpowered. We've already got two other abilities very much like it in the game already. The Intrepid has the ablative armor, which gives you like 90% damage resistance, and you can fire torpedoes. And the Klingons have the Carfi phase shift, which makes you completely invulnerable, but you can fire energy weapons. So the Klingons already have something very similar. So this gives you perfect shields, so you can't take any damage whatsoever. Your shields won't take any damage. It lasts shorter time than both ablative and the phase shift. I think it only lasts 10 seconds. But all your weapons are fine. You can't fire any phasers or any torpedoes. You can cast abilities on yourself. You can cast other non-weapon-related powers, I believe. So, yeah, it's an ultimate defense, very much like the Carfi phase shift or the ablative armor, but you can't attack anything else. You can also can't activate any of your other Vesta abilities or are mutually exclusive. You can't. Ha- you can only activate one at a time. You can't activate this and the you know the, the graviton shield and fire the focus laser or, or anything. So 
The fun thing about this one, too, is that it makes you immune to damage with ramming speed, which I just kind of thought was, I kind of really wanted to make happen since it was kind of basically how they used it. Right, because it's, it's a hardened shell, right? Yeah, so they crushed that ship in the book, and if you're able to pull off a ramming speed while this is on, then it's really pretty challenging to do, honestly. You, you just won't take any damage from it. It doesn't add any damage to ramming speed, it just makes you immune to it. Ramming speed is also based on the size of the ship that you're attacking. Attacking small ships, ramming speed does a lot of damage. You're attacking a large ship, it doesn't do a lot of damage. It's uh, like you attack a dreadnought, it's not going to do a terrible amount of damage. There's a lot of really complicated math involved in ramming speed that I couldn't even remember how it works entirely right now. But this just it's based on your hit points versus the target's hit points. That shouldn't be affecting PvP in any way. And like I said, the Carfi has their phase shift, which basically allows you to fire while you're phase shifted. So, not very different as far as balance is concerned. Someone finds an exploit, I'll be looking for it on the test server. But I know I know Ceridian wants a Chancellor class Klingon ship now that has the ability to fire while cloaked to match it <laughs> for a limited amount of time. But I know that's already, they, they want a mat, but you're saying, you know, they already got one technically. Well, they've got the Carfi. The Carfi phase shift can fire energy weapons while phase shift, which is a light cloak. And it's an invulnerability. So they got that. They've also got the Thousand Day Vet ship, which has a battle cloak on it. And a lot of people forget about all the stuff that we put on the Klingon side. They may you know, have the one that they want, but we keep adding it. Klingon's just got the vet ship. There'll be more ships coming for the Klingons soon. I wouldn't worry about that too much. There's also been a lot of talk about the stats of the ship, hull rating versus a churn rating and, and so forth, and the Vesta being just about the same size as a Sovereign, a couple meters shorter in-game. I've noticed it's slightly shorter than that. And So can you speak a little more to those statistics and size rating and why those numbers were thought of? Sure. Well, if you go by the book, there's only one ship to fly in the game, and that would be the Vesta. You know, we had a similar conversation, UI, about the Armitage. In the game, we tried to maintain a relative ratio between size of a ship, its hit points, and its turn rate. Part of it is balance, and part of it is fiction, and part of it is feel. Right? If you have a really big ship, it should have a lot of hit points, and it probably shouldn't turn really fast because it just feels really squirrely, especially when you compare it to a uh, much larger vessel. So the Vesta's uh, original design is about the exact same size as the Sovereign, maybe a few meters shorter. That made the ship really big, especially when you compared it to a Luna or the Deep Space Science vessel. It was just, well, the ship is just too big. It's got to have cannons. I can't give it turn rate like the Sovereign if it's going to have effective cannons on it. I'm going to have to give it more hit points, really. And then it's going to have the hit points of a cruiser and the turn rate of an escort. And all the abilities of science vessel, it just can't have all that in a game. It just, it just can't. So we shrunk it down. We played with the size quite a bit and tried to get it. it it's closer to an Excelsior size, actually, now, isn't it? Or almost an Intrepid. It's closer. It's more in that range. Yeah. We brought out the Intrepid, the Luna, and the Deep Space Science vessel, and we, we tried to basically keep it right in there. It's about as long as, and maybe just a little bit longer Deep Space Science vessel, but Deep Space is really big. It's really massive. It's got a lot of yeah. mass to it. This one's a lot more sleek. So it feels basically somewhere in between the, the Luna and the Deep Space Science Vessel, which is where I think it really should be, just right in there. So that allows us to give it a nice turn rate so its cannons are, are useful and then not have to give it hit points like a cruiser because we can't give it the best shields and the best turn rate. So its hull is greater than a Luna. I think it's listed at 27,800. 
And there's actually was a rounding error in that number. It's not important to get into, but it's just, it's been bumped to 28,000. Just a minor, it's only increase of 200, but it'll actually launch with 28,000 hit points. But the ship has really good shields. It's got a really high shield modifier, like 1.3 or 1.4, or 1.35 or something. Yeah, so, and you start adding some consoles to that. Some yeah. like Mark 12, very rare shield generators and those types of things to add to that. And I mean, you've got some serious shields. Yeah, so it's very solid shields capabilities. And, and along with that, with its fermion field and the graviton shield and the quantum focus shield bubble and all the science ability it has, it's, it's a very survivable ship. But if its shields go down, you know, it still only has the hit points of a science vessel. And it only has a weapon low out of the science vessels. It's only got three, four, and three aft like any other science vessel. So, and you have to pay a lot for that, right? Not just, you know, I don't mean necessarily in C points, but you have to give up three console slots in order to get all of those abilities. Right, yeah, yeah, and that's a lot. And if you're slotting the auxiliary cannons, which you can slot all three, like if you buy the bundle and get three cannons, you can put three of those on your four slots, and you can do that, and they'll use auxiliary power, and the quantum field focus phaser uses auxiliary power for damage. So you can run in a lot of auxiliary and you'll have a lot of damage output, but you're really sacrificing firing arc. If you go that way, you're having a very narrow fire arc. You're not going to get any broad sighting with phasers. And you're also giving up subsystem targeting, at least forward-facing subsystem targeting. Yeah. So you will be giving up a lot if you try to go all forward-facing damage. But it will allow you to do some heavy forward-facing damage with science abilities. So, you know, I say tractor beams. And you, of course, launch those runabouts with their tractor beams. Oh, which, by the way, players may or may not know that we did reduce the amount of tractor beaming that... Danube runabouts or all runabout carrier pets will do. They were on a pretty fast recharge time. So once you've watched a couple of those out, you're basically tractor beaming everything. So they're on a much greater global cooldown. So that way you'll see a lot less of that. I think it's a lot more balanced. I think people will appreciate that. So we tweak the size a little bit and we just try to make it fit into Star Trek Online to be a little more consistent with the science vessel as opposed to it being a everything ship. But it still should be with all its little tricks and all its things, and it should allow players to do some interesting builds and have some interesting strategies and techniques that they haven't been able to do before. So I hope people enjoy it. What are your impressions, James? I think it's great. Everything that you guys have shown us in the stats and everything I think are fantastic. I love the fact that you guys listened from my feedback on the Odyssey 3-pack in the fact that you gave each one a unique look. <laughs> now, that was something I was really disappointed in last time with the Odyssey, is that you had the three variations, but they all looked the same. There was nothing to make them each unique. And I really liked that this time you had the three variations. They all look a little different. They've got different saucers, different nacelles. You put a spoiler on the car for the money. You know, you gave us the umbrella and our drink. But as far as stats and everything go, I, you know, it's hard to say until I've had a lot of time to play with it. But I think it's going to be very balanced based on our discussions and the things that we've talked about in the past and what you showed me when I was there at the studios. I think you guys did a great job of finding that middle ground, of making it a great science ship. And that's something the game sorely needed is a great science ship. There weren't really any great science ships. There were good ones. No great ones. Now we have a great one. There were abilities that certain ships had that were great for that one ship but you know you wanted it on that so you wanted you know the hole and the bigger hit points of a nebula but you wanted the tactical abilities and maneuverability of the luna but then you wanted the blade of a hull armor of the, the intrepid you know you wanted all these things that you could put together to make one great science ship 
and I think this is it. I think you've got all these abilities wrapped up in the Vesta in different but similar type abilities. And giving it the three different layout is fantastic for somebody like me. I'm not a pure science guy at all. I'm a pure tactical guy. But this is a ship I can still take and run the uh, Aventine class, which is a tactical class, and still have the plus 10 to uh, auxiliary, plus 5 to weapons. I'll basically be using mine almost more like an assault cruiser, but with that heavy science edge of having these special abilities and creating gravity wells and putting out fermions and then nailing people with my auxiliary cannons and you know swapping back over and it's just going to be this attack them with some science ability that ties them up and then throw everything over to my tactical abilities and just assault them while they're tied up i mean that's the curve i want to run but i think in the end even though originally i was opposed to the science idea i think in the end when you split it and did the three variants i think this is the right answer i think i think it's going to be a fantastic ship i can't wait so the vesta gets from James Lee. It gets an A. Yeah, it gets an A. I'll give it an A. You know, I don't want to give the A plus yet because there's testing to be done. And, you know, what you're telling me versus what I'm seeing in stats, I think it's going to be a great ship. I I definitely give it an A. Well, I'm looking for the A plus, so we'll see what we can do to raise that up a little bit more. It's not about making it better. It's about making it balanced. Exactly. Because I can make it better. That's, that's, that's well, that's easy, right? <laughs> it's already gorgeous. All you have to do is just make it what it is in the book. And <laughs> but we just have to get it just right. And so I'll be spending a lot of this weekend looking at the feedback from Tribble on that. And I'm not expecting any major, major changes to it. Maybe someone will find something clever, some particular problem. I'll probably be finding more bugs and tweaks and maybe a few, hey, well, maybe we want to sacrifice a little bit more hip points for more shield hit points or something. And I think for the most part, it's pretty close. We're in that ballpark range, so I'm not expecting too many changes, but we will be looking for weird, unexpected, oh, hey, if you cast this and then activate this, all of a sudden you blow up or you blow everybody up or something. It's very exciting. I'm stoked. I want to see more. And you guys have done such a great job of representing the ship and the looks, and everything came out well-balanced and perfect-looking as far as matching the original design and the whole patterns and everything. It's just beautiful. Like I said, I'm really excited. I hope that it sells as well as it seems like it's going to so that you guys can get in touch with Mark and say, hey, sell us some more, sell us the plank, sell us the Demeter, you know? (laughs) I'm sure he'd like that too. And I don't know if you saw on his homepage or not, he put up a nice thing to you guys saying that he was very excited he was having the engineering class named after him and what a great job he thought you guys had done with the alternate variants. And he said he was celebrating with tea and cookies. Tea and cookies, excellent. Yeah. Let's make that a power. <laughs> Activate the tea and cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I like it. I think he, I certainly, uh, you know, we wanted to come up with three classes and coming up with one being the Vesta was obvious and the Aventine seemed like an appropriate a nod for, since it was Esri Dax's main ship, so that seemed to be appropriate there. I think it was Ian, our ship artist, who said, hey, let's, let's just name the engineering class, let's name it after Mark, so... Everyone loved that, so we went ahead and uh, made it right a maker class as a nod and a thank you to Mark. So hopefully people will enjoy that. So very appropriate to do the engineering class after him, too. Yeah, yeah. That felt right. Definitely. But as far as science vessels go, not only did, of course, we have this great new science vessel, but we did a lot of tuning to science powers that players have noticed. We've taken out a lot of global cooldowns. Yes, that was something everybody was really happy about. <laughs> 
Yeah, so science power should be a little more accessible and enjoyable for everyone. But also in the Romulan reputation system, one of the things that players haven't been happy with have been science consoles. Most people just slot the shields or they use science console slots to put all their universal slots in. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we made some new ones, and they're in the Romulan reputation system. There should be, I believe there's Mark 10, 11, and 12, and I can't recall off the top of my head, new science consoles that are just like the existing science consoles, but they have two additional bonuses to them. They either have a threat reduction or a threat increase science console. So you can get them in either one of those flavors, and you know, you're reducing threat in PvE, what doesn't do anything in PvP. But they also have a bonus tactical engineering or science abilities. So like one of them adds more plasma damage, and one of them adds more shields, I think. But there's a whole new suite of science consoles in the Romulan reputation system. So hopefully people will enjoy those. Um, you can get Mark 12 versions of those. Trying to give a little more love to science and trying to make it uh, more universally appealing to everybody. Cool. Yeah, science needs some love, so that's a good thing. Good stuff. It's making me want to dust off my old side, because I have a science character. It's making me want to dust them off and actually, oh, let's put you to work. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you don't need a science character to play science ships. That's a lot of true. Always feel that you know, you got tactical characters, you need to play tactical, you need to play an escort. You know, the system is designed that they benefit. I play an engineer on a tactical vessel right now because I like my engineering powers. I, I need them. Well, thank you for coming on the show, and thanks for joining us. As always, it's a pleasure. It's always fun speaking with you, Al. Yeah, sure. It's always fun to come on. Always happy to answer the questions, and uh, look forward to being back soon. Well, I look forward to get my hands on the Vesta, so I can give you that A plus. Yes, I'll be looking for that A+. We'll try not to disappoint. Thanks, Al. Thanks for stopping by. Sure. Thank you, James. Transfer complete.